Hello and thank you for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Hey, are you interested in a career in policing? Are you a recruiter looking for new strategies to cultivate the next group of candidates for your agency? Are you the head of your agency thinking about long-term solutions to recruiting? Well, we know we're in a quandary with recruiting new people into law enforcement today. You may hear the answers today as I speak with Sergeant Justin Collins, an 18-year veteran of the Rochester Police Department. During his time with the RPD, Justin worked in some of the most dangerous parts of the city. Well, long before we hit the wall in recruiting new law enforcement officers, in 2015, Justin co-founded Police Exam Career Prep with the goal of mentoring and guiding a new generation of law enforcement officers. In the past six years, PECP has been able to help more than 75 dedicated men and women from across the region to prepare for the police hiring process and make their dreams of achieving a career in law enforcement come true. Well, welcome to Policing Matters, Justin Collins. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jim. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've been following you for a while now on social media. I've seen your successes. I see you with young people, um, all ages, genders, races, ethnicities. Seems like um, you've got more invested than a business. Um, you're a proponent of recruiting. What's What's behind your drive? What got you into this? Uh, you know, it was always my dream to, to be a police officer. So uh, it was uh, it was definitely a struggle here in New York State, as I'm sure it is in other places. It's very difficult to uh, to get hired. Um, all in all, the process might take about a year and a half if everything goes smooth to get picked up. So for me, that's without a setback. For me, I had a couple setbacks. I fell the physical agility. I couldn't score high enough on the written exam. Uh, so that's what really drove me. Despite wanting it more than ever, um, that passion to get there, I wouldn't have gotten there without some good mentors, some folks that were already police officers that were truly, truly passionate about helping me. And I kind of view myself as like the first millennial. I know a lot of times we, we trash uh, the millennial generation and different generations, but I feel like, you know, uh, someone who went and gotten on the job in the past, it, the, prop, it, the the thought process was, well, you know, if they can't make it through, then they didn't, they weren't meant to be there. Well, obviously, as you, as you alluded to, we're in a hiring crisis. So that, that really doesn't hold true to, uh, to today. Some folks need a little extra help. Um, some folks need some guidance and I definitely needed that. That's how I was able to get where I am. So, uh, that's really what drove me. I was able to achieve my dreams because I did have that passion, but I had those mentors and I want to be that mentor to this next generation, uh, who want to get there as well. That's great. I mean, you know, you hear people hanging their heads and saying, Hey, I wouldn't do this job again. I'm looking to get out. And, I mean, we need people like you. What's what's your strategy? How's your program work? So the strategy really has evolved over time. For me, everything starts with being able to pass that written exam. Um, we, we started with focusing on passing that written exam, had huge turnouts for folks that wanted to learn. This is going back into 2015, that wanted to learn how to do it. And despite our success with the process that we developed to pass this exam, uh, many folks were scoring high, but we still weren't getting higher, Jim. And, you know, that was very frustrating for them. And despite me offering opportunities for them, for other things to help get them ready, and whether it was the physical portion or, you know, the interview, the background portion, many refused the help. And then after the fact, they would get bumped out. They would come back and try to get that help. But obviously it was, it was too late for that process. So really what we do is it's all in one. Uh, we mentor folks uh, from the start of the process uh, until the end. 
And there are folks on average that'll be with us in our program that'll be there for anywhere from a year and a half to some two and a half, three years. Uh, we meet with them a few times a week digitally, and then we meet with them um, on the weekend physically is at our roll call. Um, you know, these folks all have other jobs. Um, they all have, a lot of them have families. Uh, so the commitment level isn't tremendous. It's about maybe seven to eight hours a week that we ask from them, but it's just enough to eliminate folks that aren't that seriously interested uh, in getting on the job. And that's really what we aim to do is not only find quality applicants, uh, but help maybe applicants that would need a little extra boost. You know, a lot of our folks don't tend to come say like fresh out of a, a military boot camp or for, and maybe they're not Marines, which are all fantastic candidates. Our folks tend to come from single parent homes or they tend to come from non-law enforcement homes. They tend to come from diverse backgrounds, uh, different cultures that maybe don't tend to gravitate towards policing, but have the bug and have the interest level to do it. That's what really has gravitated towards our pro our program. Um, but really what we do is we really, really, really uh, go all in a holistic view of long-term development of these candidates. Obviously, there's an initial screening process, but once we feel that like we have a good candidate, we have patience with them and we develop them. You know, I'm a big sports fan, Jim, so I liken it to um, baseball, how baseball uses their minor league system to develop players. I'm also a big NHL fan, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, so how the minor league team, they have the Rochester Americans, how they develop players in their minor league system. Not everyone is ready to go to the pros, a police agency, right off the bat. Some need development time. And it isn't always the 18 or 19-year-olds. Sometimes I've had folks in my class that are 28, 29, 30 that just needed some time to learn. Um, they've had second careers and they're like, you know, I can't shake this. I want to be a police officer. But maybe they had a snafu in the process down the road. So really, we work with them from getting passing this written test to passing a physical side gym to, to the interview, to the background. And again, I hit on some of the neighborhoods that some of these folks come from, uh, some of the neighborhoods and some of the backgrounds, they don't naturally trust police. You know, they didn't grow up in households where uh, people were fond of police, but yet these folks still want to serve this community. They want to be part of that change. So like anyone knows, if you want to develop trust, you have to build a relationship. It has to be genuine. And this is where that time period comes in, that our officers that are in our program, that uh, whether it's deputies or troopers, we have officers that from, from my PD and from different PDs, they are really, really the perfect folks to spend time to give these kids a true picture and to build relationships. Now, not everybody will make it, but in the end, the ones that do, that double down, that triple down, that are working hard, that are fighting through the setbacks, um, oftentimes we see them popping through and I, I tell you, I, I wouldn't lie to you. Uh, it is a tremendous feeling when you see one of these people get hired. It is so, uh, it's the most incredible feeling when you see someone who's worked so hard, uh, to get there and you've gone through them really at the beginning and their, their journey to the badge and to get there. It's awesome. feeling. Yeah. It must be really rewarding. Well, you know, I mean, I, I have a similar situation with, you know, my criminal justice students that I teach and two or three years after they graduate, I see them, you know, getting hired by a law enforcement agency or a county or state or federal agency. I, I know exactly what you mean, that if you've had any part in their their climb, it is truly rewarding. But your program sounds a little counterintuitive, you know, in light of the PERF and the IACP reports where they say that the problem in recruiting is in expediency. And 
you know, it's funny, um, Rob Kate, who I interviewed from Interview Now, um, Rob uh, loves using the, the car sales analogy, right? Where, uh, you know, there's some people who walk in and they might take a look at the car and, you know, look at around at a couple of cars. And if you don't approach that person as a salesperson, if you don't approach them and start telling them more and getting them more interested, they may just take a look, spin around and walk out. And so I see the need for that immediate contact and connection. And you may get those people that are on the fence about whether or not they want to buy a car. And you are just the impetus to get them to take that next step. But then your, your program is a little bit longer and drawn out, but I can see where somebody wants a car and they may not know what kind of car they want. They may not have the funds for the car, but uh, it's, it's a long-term process where you're spending more time with the individual. And uh, yeah, I guess that's a different kind of candidate that sometimes we don't consider. And I guess we're gonna have to change our paradigms to go across from recruiting veterans to people who want to get in right now and can't wait to somebody who may be in their first career and said, you know, I want to get there, but I want to feel comfortable before I make the leap. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'd be the first to tell you as far as the quicker hiring process um, here uh, in the part of New York that I'm in, our sheriff, Todd Baxter, who's our Monroe County sheriff, has been a huge proponent to try to change civil service, which is what governs and really is what holds up the process uh, to get folks hired. Um, what I find is, you know, it'd be nice to have these processes not take a year and a half. I would be in favor of that because I feel like, you know, we have a pretty good picture of who these kids are. Some of these, I call them kids, they're younger than some of these folks are ready a lot sooner than the time that they're there, but the process just takes so long. So really, you know, I hope that changes do happen here where we can get these processes move along. Like I got hired in Richmond, Virginia about, I don't know, 18, 19 years ago. And the process I think took two months. Ultimately, I decided to stay closer to home. I was given a job offer just a month later in Rochester, but the process was so much quicker. They did my background, the process. So we hope that in time, some of our local uh, officials up here can change some things and make it uh, make the process a little smoother. But one of the reasons why we keep our program, what we do with Police and Sam Career Prep, and we extend our program and we have it being uh, more of a mentoring program and, and keeping them engaged is because in this generation, I find that these folks are so quickly distracted. Uh, the distractions of social media, the distractions of all this stuff that can pull them away. We want to be selfish in the fact that we want to keep these interested candidates interested. We want to keep them engaged. It's like keeping them moving towards their goal versus come take a test. We'll see you in six months. We'll give you a call back. A lot can change in this era in six months. Different than when I came on. Different than probably when you were when you were testing and getting involved. But for this group, we want to keep them engaged. And during that time that we have with them, as they're going through these processes and they're waiting, uh, we spend a lot of time in the community. I would say in our program, Kids will spend about 65 to 70% of their time dealing with their vulnerable population. So that's youth in very high crime neighborhoods, whether it's in reading programs, whether it's playing basketball, whether it's at the Boys and Girls Club or Youth for Christ, which is a local place where folks will do uh, local basketball or uh, mentoring programs for young people, teaching them life skills. Uh, our students will be involved there. We deal a lot with local charities and local groups that are dealing with folks in recovery. 
uh, the opioid epidemic, really getting our students boots on the ground uh, so they can get a, a piece of what officers deal with. Because so much, I think the, the, the biggest commercial for law enforcement is like television shows, right, where cops are repelling from buildings and there's explosions and shootouts. And while that is part of the job, it's a small part of the job, thankfully, right? Uh, it's more about communicating. It's more about empathizing. It's more about talking to people, right? And that's what we want to spend with that time that we have with our students. We want to teach them how to get out there in the community. You know, I'm sure you had plenty of interviews with folks and they tell you the reason why they want to be a police officer or is because they want to help people. Well, our motto in our class is that, you know, we can want to help people, but we don't have to wait till we become police officers. We can get out there. There's so many great groups in any city across America where you can go out and you can volunteer and you can engage with folks. Um, and our group is everywhere. We are embedded in the community, building relationships that not only teach our kids and teach our students what they're going to be experiencing, but also builds relationships down the road, you know, um, Without a doubt, there's this one group locally called uh, uh, Rock the Peace, and they deal with homicide victims' families, and they have Christmas events where they help them, or there's Thanksgiving drives. We have our team out there working with them, building those relationships, and it's not a drive-by where they're like, hello, they meet them once. It's a engaged, they know the organizers by name. The organizers know the students by name, and then, you know, God willing, you know, six months to a year later, they're raising their hand and they're police officers. So these are real relationships that they're building. So we're spending our time doing that. We're spending our time giving these, these folks implicit bias training. We're spending our time doing a lot with wellness and officer mental health. We're, we're using that time that we have to wait valuably, really, really putting things in them, getting them ready uh, for what they're going to be experienced because the career is the greatest transition that I've ever made in my life going from a civilian into this, into this industry. It was a huge transition, bigger than being a husband, bigger than being a father. I mean, it was a tremendous transition for me. So really we try to prepare them for that transition and use that time as wisely as we can with them. That's terrific. Sounds like you're, you're making some big headway into your communities. Um, I'd like to ask you a couple questions about funding, about your challenges, but first I'd like to take a moment to hear about our sponsor. PoliceOne.com is the number one resource for your up-to-the-minute law enforcement news, training, and incident analysis. Our mission is to provide you with the information you need to better protect your communities and your safety. Becoming a Police One member is quick, easy, and free. Once registered, you will receive access to secure law enforcement-only training and video tips, articles and sections, and a subscription to our award-winning law enforcement newsletters. Go to policeone.com forward slash registration to sign up today. That's policeone, the number one, dot com forward slash registration. And we're back, and I'm speaking with Justin Collins and he co-founded Police Exam Career Prep with the goal of mentoring and guiding the next generation of future law enforcement officers. So I've got to ask you a couple of things about funding. Are you doing this on duty? Are you doing it off duty? Is there a mix? Do you have the blessing your chief? How's it work? It's off duty. Um, everything that I do in my program was something that was self-taught. 
um, all of it really stemmed from what I taught myself to get on this job and my experiences. So everything is off duty. Um, I've been very supportive uh, some of my administration here and in other agencies. We've had a lot of support. We have an endorsement of the Monroe County Chiefs Association, which is really a coalition of local chiefs, which is awesome. Uh, as I mentioned, Sheriff Todd Baxter and the Sheriff's Foundation has been super supportive of us. So really building those relationships with local chiefs. Uh, and sheriffs has been huge, uh, Sheriff Doherty in Livingston County and so on. It's been awesome. But yeah, everything I do is off duty and how funding comes is, is, is really, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of these folks are, are parents, they're working uh, a couple jobs. Sometimes folks don't have the ability to pay. Folks do put themselves through it. Some that don't have the ability to pay, we never let money be a deterrent from someone who's trying to get where they need to get to, to become a guardian of this community. So a lot of local businesses have stepped up and have sponsored students have sponsored the program so that we can keep this thing going. I mean, really, if we don't have public safety and we're at that level where it is a crisis across the country, if we don't have folks that are willing to be in public safety, we can't possibly have public safety and it just can't happen. So, you know, the, the, the business community locally, a few really great, awesome uh, folks have stepped up and helped us. And that has allowed us to keep this program moving and to go out and find great, great candidates and develop them. So it's challenges, what do you have um, as far as challenges? Maybe funding uh, sounds like a little bit, but um, what's what's your breadth and your stretch across your region like? How do you go across the state of New York? Uh, yeah, we're, we're yep. We're so we're right around the western part of New York. So that would be like Buffalo, Syracuse, Rochester, and the surrounding counties. So it's a pretty significant group uh, of a, it's a pretty significant area. But I'd say our greatest challenge. I mean, obviously, funding is always a, is a, is always a challenge. But our most significant challenge is where we want to go in the future. Uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, I've had a little over 75 now, uh, a little over 70, I should say, of uh, candidates hired to get on the job. And for some, they might say that's not a significant, that's not a huge number. This is over 70 people from the very beginning that were based, some were taught English, uh, some were picked right. These are not your typical hires, I want to say, that you typically see going through hiring process. I mean, these are folks from, from wide backgrounds, from not a legacy hire. They had never really explored law enforcement, but had that passion. We helped them get there through there. So that is a very significant number. We built some significant relationships. But really the biggest challenge for us, Jim, is where we see us going in the future is building formal partnerships with police agencies. That's what we want to do. We want to help replicate this in other agencies. I know we talked about, can this be replicated? It absolutely can be. But the mix of how we're doing it is uh, is really why it's successful. It's it's building those, those relationships. I hear from time to time when I talk to folks, say, well, we do that. We have people that mentor. When I say mentor, I mean, we are engaged with these folks. These folks are texting and calling all different times. We are, you know, pretty in tune with these folks' personal lives, the ups and downs that they're having in school, the ups and downs they're having in a hiring process, you know, really, you know, meeting with them numerous times, uh, like I said, throughout the week, virtually, really a match with this community, this current generation needs. You know, again, some of the folks from a generation that I come from might say to you, they don't need that, just, just do it. But again, we know what we're up against, right? And this generation, it needs that constant stimulation and that engagement. And that's what we provide. And we know it works. 
So really, that is what the next challenge for us is. It's just building those formal partnerships with agencies so we can start to train the trainer so that we can start to build this uh, internally in agencies and work with agencies so that they can grow and get stronger. Because obviously, there's so many more folks out there that just need a boost across this country and across our area. And we want to help Bob give them that boost. Yeah, well, I can see every state needs uh, Justin Collins working for them. Uh, you know, in Seattle, they're offering $25,000 bonus to get people back. <laughs> and they're trying to hire retired cops. I'm thinking about going back. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would if, 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 you know, if I could go back 10 years, I would hire on again in a minute because I love the job. I ha had a great time and it was really good to me. Um, but I mean, there's a it, there, it's getting a lot of attention right now. I mean, I've talked to so many people on the show about backgrounds, about polygraphs, about psych testing, uh, recruiting, and, and all of it. Um, it all should come together. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, using the tools that we have. And, and when people talk about defunding, or at least um, going to a civilian component, why don't we have more internship programs like yours to get people to come in, dip their toe in the water, see what policing's like, and see whether or not it's it's worth a, a career for them, uh, an investment down the road. Right. Um, yeah, I think what you're doing is great. What's your what's your success rate like? What's do you have any idea of? Yeah, your attrition rate. Yep, absolutely. And I, I want to mention one thing, just if I could, in regards to you know mentoring programs. Again, this is not taking putting down anybody else's program but what i often find with people when they say well we mentor folks or we have a cadet program or we have an explorer program we have i have we have those two locally the engagement level oftentimes with the folks running it because they have their own lives right uh is not always the highest and that's where we really have found what we, our system and the way we do things it, the reason why we had the success is because we are on these folks it's almost like having a child, to be totally honest with you. Uh, obviously, I have I have a ten year old, so it's obviously not as extreme as having a child. He's he, he demands a lot of my attention, but but the engagement level is very very high. But the payoff is great because again, they're getting hired. As far as our success rate, uh, I'm making a little mention, a little over seventy. I would say that when we talk about those that have made the process, I would say about ninety five percent or so will eventually make it through field training. Uh, we'll make it through the hiring process, we'll make it through the training, and we'll go on to be successful. Uh, in my time, I haven't had anyone get promoted yet, but I am going to be so excited once that does happen, uh, because I know that we've got some really, really, really good, dedicated, engaged folks that are in that come from this class. So I know that will transfer really well uh, into a department, keeping that energy. You know, I even prepare them for, unfortunately, the cynical people that they'll meet, right? Or the people that are just burnt out and don't want to do this job because we know that's contagious. And we know, I feel blessed that I didn't get like that. You know, I mean, there's been times when I've been down for sure, but we try to get them prepared for everything that they'll see uh, so that they keep that positive energy as they move through their career. But yeah, I would say about 95% of our folks that did come from that group have gone on to be successful or on the job. Um, I was actually pulled over not too long ago by one. So that was pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to see them. That's great. Well, that, uh, 
you knocked my socks off with that one, 95%. Wow. Can't beat that. I mean, I've seen uh, reports recently of agencies losing people, you know, from the academy and the FTO sort of area at 35, 45, 50%. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a great number. You've done a great job there. Um, we talk about uh, wrapping up here, and we're going to talk about what you're planning next and how anyone interested can learn more about your program, how they can maybe get some ideas on replicating what you're doing in their area of the country. Um, what's next, and, and how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so what's next for us is kind of what I alluded to is to go out, continue to find great people across this area to join our group. I do have about four openings right now because a few folks have gotten hired locally recently. So I, I want to bring a couple new folks in. But really what's next for us again is building that relationship with a local agency and start to develop a train the trainer program or to come in and do some consulting where we can help them build their program up where they can start to uh, develop these folks almost like a minor league system for police applicants. Um, I look at the, some of the lists that these folks are on and you've got some fantastic candidates that just need to be engaged versus just sitting on a list waiting for openings. Keep them engaged, find out how serious they are and challenge them. Um, lead them. People want to be led. Lead them to this. You will lose some folks. Some folks really aren't as interested as maybe they portray. But the ones that you shake out that are, Jim, are tremendously interested and just need an opportunity. Um, we we go through a lot of competitions in our class. We, we have a lot, very competitive spirit, which I love. Uh, but I think competition breeds excellence. And some of the folks that have gone through are fantastic. How folks can get a hold of us, uh, everything that we do, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, is Police Exam Career Prep. Also have a website called policeexamcareerprep.com. But that's really where we're going next is try to work with an agency, whether it's locally or beyond, to try to help them replicate this and get some fantastic, diverse. When I say diversity, it's not just diversity in race and in culture, but diversity in thought folks that can empathize, folks that deal, can work with people in crisis, folks that are going to spend that extra time to help provide resources uh, so that we can start to move forward as an agency or as an industry, I should say, and uh, really move to the next step of getting great professional people to join some of the other professionals that we work with right now. Awesome. Well, you're doing a great job, Justin, and I hope we see more people like you getting out there, beating the bushes and encouraging people to get on with their local agencies. And I tell my students now, don't, you know, don't just look regionally, look across the country, look what suits you best, what might work well for your future, what's affordable. I mean, we have like outrageous salaries here in California, but if you can't afford to buy a place to live, what good does that do? So uh, if you like the snow, you like the beaches, you like the mountains, you like lakes, uh, it's all out there. And the, the candidate is in the driver's seat, as, as I'm sure you're well aware of. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today. And uh, you can see Justin's contact on our show notes in our links. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed today's program and got something out of it. If you're interested in another topic or an individual, let me know. Send me an email at policingmatters at policeone.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com and love to hear from you. Whatever you got to say, 
Check us out. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Audible, you name it. We're on them all. I hope you're enjoying the show. Hey, take good care. Watch your six and be well. I'm Jim Dudley. Thank you.